everyone, hope you have a wonderful day. We'll continue. We left off. Um, but let's quickly review the Mishnah, 61b, and the bottom. So the Mishnah says, A person is not allowed to. It's not allowed to seize, stop from procreating unless he already has children. How many children? So we have an argument. We have two boys. You've done, you fulfilled your mitzvah. says, A boy and a girl. It says, created. Male and a female. The first humans, Adam and Chava, male and female. So your mitzvah is to procreate, to have a male and female. That's the mission. It says, if a person already has children, the mission in 61b, in the bottom. If a person has children, so he, he can stop from procreating. But he still must have a wife, still must be married. This supports the opinion of Even if already he has many children, already fulfilled the mitzvah, nevertheless, he should not be single, he should, he should, has to, he should be married. Hashem says it's not good for man to be alone. Independent of you have children, you don't have children, you already fulfill the obligation just for yourself. It's not good for a person to be alone. That's what he doesn't have to can stop procreating and he doesn't have to stay married. It does this refute the opinion of Nachman Shmuel? He says, Loi. He'll interpret the Mishnah and Lebanim, Isha. He'll say that the Mishnah is telling us if a person doesn't have children, he did not fulfill the mitzvah period, but then he must marry a woman who's capable of, of, of childbirth. If he already fulfilled the mitzvah of period, he already has his children, then, then even though he should be married, he still should be married, like I'm not going to say the name of Rabbi Shmuel, but then he doesn't have to marry a woman who could have children. He can marry a woman who can't have children. He already fulfilled the mitzvah. He just for himself, he shouldn't be alone. So he says, let's just conclude, what's the difference? What do you mean what's the difference? Just told us what's the difference. It's a huge difference. A difference whether you have to marry a woman who's capable of having children or not. But he says, another difference would be, are you allowed to sell a Torah scroll? You're not allowed to sell a Torah scroll for anything, except to fulfill the mitzvah of having children. So, if if you already have children, if you don't have children, you'll have to sell a Torah in order to be able to marry a wife who is capable of having children. But if you already have children, and you have to get married, like I'm not going to name Rishmo, you shouldn't be alone, you shouldn't be single. But since you have an option of marrying a woman who, who's not capable of childbirth, then you're not allowed to sell a Torah in order to have the money, in order to buy a, a wife who's younger, who's, who's a, you know, acquire a wife who's younger, that you're not allowed to do. And that's the Allah. Mishami, Emir, Mishami says, Shnei Shcharim, your obligation is to bring two boys to the world. What's the reason? He says, Yafina, me, Moshe, we learn from Moshe. It says, B'nai Moshe, Gershom, Eliezer. Moshe had two sons. He didn't have a boy and a girl, he only had two boys. And then he separated from his wife, Zipporah. No, if he didn't fulfill the mitzvah, Hashem wouldn't tell him to separate until you do the mitzvah. Make sure they have a girl. So the fact that he separated means he did the mitzvah already. He has his two boys. He fulfilled his mitzvah. Peruravu means in the plural. So fine, he has his two boys and that's it. It's enough. 
Bessilil. Bessilil holds Yafinim, but Yasser Shalalim. From the creation of the world, just like first two people was Adam and Chava, male and female. So every person, you have to recreate the world. You are a miniature world. So you have to recreate the world. You have to create a boy and a girl. Replacement, boy and a girl. Why doesn't Bishamay learn from the beginning, the creation? Hashem created. Hashem was the father. Uh, you know, he, that's what he did, yeah, boy and a girl. So you learn from Hashem. You are, the parents are like the partners of Hashem in creation. You're creating. So you have to bring into this world to produce a boy and a girl. So Bishamay answered, He can compare. It's not apples to apples. Here, you had no choice. If there was no, if Hashem did not create, if Hashem created two men, you know, Adam and Adam, Adam and Adam, you wouldn't be, you would, that would be the end of the world. <laughs> there would be no children. There would be no, that would be the end, the end of mankind. But here, there are many, many females in the world. It's not a problem. So maybe I fulfill my obligation by, 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 by bringing two boys. They also fulfill my obligation. Why doesn't Bishil learn from Moshe? You see that Moshe separated from from Tzipira after he had two boys. If the mitzvah is a boy and a girl, like like Zvi says, how can he separate without fulfilling the mitzvah? The first mitzvah in the Torah, Perurvu. So I'm Allah. Moshe midaited of it. Moshe did it on his own. In other words, Moshe was was unique. Moshe was unique. It was a unique situation. There's no one like Moshe. No one goes to heaven. We all go to heaven, hopefully, but now we don't come back. Moshe went to heaven and back three times. Moshe is unique. Hashem speaks to Moshe. There's no prophet like Moshe. There never will be a prophet like Moshe. Even Mashiach is not as great as a prophet like Moshe. There's only one Mount Sinai. It only happened once. There's never going to be another giving of the Torah. So Moshe is unique. You're comparing to Moshe. Moshe is a Three things Moshe did on his own, and Hashem agreed with him. Peter Isha, he separated from his wife. It was his decision, but Hashem agreed with him. He broke, he broke the luchis, the tablets. When Hashem said, "Prepare for the giving of the Torah," it was two days, and Moshe added the third day. Why? Why did Moshe separate? What made Moshe decide to separate from Tzipayra? My daughter, Amadi said, The Jewish people, Hashem only spoke to them one time at the giving of the Torah. And Hashem gave a specific time when he's going to speak to them. Hashem said to prepare them that they, should, they have to separate from their wives before. They have to be in a state of holiness and purity to, to receive Hashem. Hashem is speaking to you. You don't go in the presence of Hashem. Hashem is speaking to you if you're not in the purity. A chassid wouldn't stand in the presence of the Rebbe unless he went to the mikvah before. Huh. You can't, a, you're entering into holiness. You have to, you have to separate from your wife. Ani, Moshe says, I have to be ready for Hashem to speak to me any moment. Hashem did not set aside a time. Hashem could... Come at any time and speak to me. Allah has come, come. I have to separate from you. I have to be ready. See, even after the giving of the Torah, remain separate. Only from the giving of the Torah on, because then, then Hashem told them separate from a woman. That's when Moshe made a kavuchaymer. He says, if if and the Moshe made, if Hashem is telling them to separate, then surely have to separate all the time. How do we know that Hashem? 
agreed. After the giving of the Torah, Hashem tells Moshe now, tell everyone to go back to their tents, meaning go back to having intimate relations with your wives. So which nine months later, there were a lot of Shalom Zachers, there was a lot of Simchas, a lot of Brisen. Everyone went back to their wives. This was in the month of Sivan, so in the month of Adar. But Hashem told Moshe, you stay with me. So Hashem agreed to Moshe. We did the Gemara know that Moshe did this on his own. I guess it was a tradition. They just knew that. It doesn't say anywhere in the Torah. But you can say that. Hashem told Moshe, gave him explicit instructions. You, you don't go back to your wife. And that's what prompted Moshe not to go back to Tzipar. Hashem revealed himself to them. And they said, oh, we have to go to the mikveh because they were not pure because they had Adam and Miriam had relations with their spouses. Hashem was showing them, you see, you, I suddenly appeared to you and suddenly you're not ready. Moshe has to be ready all the time. Hashem was telling him, but maybe that's the reason why Hashem told Moshe. Where do we know that Moshe on his own came to this conclusion and Hashem agreed with him? Maybe the whole thing was initiated by Hashem and Hashem told him and that was the reason. Taisa was asked another question. Why do you say Moshe did it on his own? It's a Kavachimer. Kavachimer is one of the 13 ways how you derive and expound the Torah. That's biblical. What do, you, what, what do you mean that Moshe on his own? It's not Moshe's decision. This is, this is the Torah. Taisa says, no, it's a flawed Kavachimer. Because just because Hashem once, once <laughs> said the Jewish people should separate... From this, you're going to bring a proof that oh, your whole life is the same way. Only for three days till uh, till they hit the mountain. Or also, maybe there's unique. Ten Commandments is unique. Even when Hashem speaks to Moshe, it's not the same as the giving of the Torah. Giving of the Torah was a one-time event. Never will never repeat itself ever in history. Never happened before. Never will happen again. So even for Moshe, the, the giving of the Torah is a unique event. So therefore, Hashem says you have to go to the mikvah, and you have to separate. You have to separate from your wife. But a regular, when Hashem speaks to you, who says you have to separate from your wife? So it's not, a, it's not a, such a compelling kavachim. But Moshe on his own. I think someone will say that if he didn't yet fulfill the mitzvah of Pruravu, then his kavachim is refuted. How, your kavachim can't go against the mitzvah. You can't go kavachim to say that I have to do this when Hashem already commanded you, you have to have a boy and a girl. Hashem wouldn't command you wouldn't appear to you and, 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 and therefore you're not allowed to be with your wife and Hashem commands you you have a mitzvah to have a boy and a girl so so the fact the fact that that, that that's why he said that's why the Kavuchemer is not a good Kavuchemer he did it on his own Right. he did it on his own it wasn't the Kavuchemer is not a good Kavuchemer because the Kavuchemer can't go against the mitzvah in the Torah a clear mitzvah you bring a Kavuchemer to refute a mitzvah in the Torah if the mitzvah in the Torah says you have to have a boy and a girl. Right, but that mitzvah is for everybody except him. No, all mitzvahs, 613 mitzvahs apply to everyone. Look, this is where you wrote, I, Moses, sort of set aside for the Oh, so that's what he says, that's what he says, Moshe did it on his own. It's not a real kavachim. A kavachim can't go against the mitzvah. You can't use a kavachim to go against the mitzvah. It's logical, it makes sense, but it can't go against the mitzvah. A clear mitzvah, the first mitzvah in the Torah, to have children. Right, exactly. Kavachimah can't go against an explicit mitzvah. So therefore it wasn't really based on the Kavachimah. That's why he says Moshe did it on his own. It was his decision, that, that he's the exception. It says, you could look, he says, look, the Gemara says, why didn't, what was Moshe's reasoning? And if the people, the Jewish people, Hashem only spoke to one. 
Hashem told him to separate from a wife a couple of months. I, Hashem speaks to me all the time, and there's no set time. Hashem could have suddenly appeared to me. I, am, I also have to constantly separate from my wife. So it's not a legit Kaval because because it goes against the mitzvah Puruvu. So that's the proof. That's the proof that it's that's Hillel's proof. Hillel's proof is that it's not a legit that, that he that he did not do the mitzvah. Having two sons is not the mitzvah. And that's why it wasn't a legit Kavachimah. And that's why Moshe did it on his own, decided to do it on his own. But Hashem Hashem agreed with him. Hashem said, you know, you're right. Stay away, stay away from your wife. There's no proof. The mother must have had a tradition that Moshe made this in his mind, decided, and Hashem agreed with him. Otherwise, you can say, Moshe would never even think of this. How, if I didn't do the mitzvah of how can I separate from my wife? What kind of kavachemer is it? But Hashem told him, stay with me. Hashem commanded me. Okay, Hashem commands me, Hashem commands me. But he must have had a tradition that Moshe already made the decision in his head. But it was his own decision because it wasn't based on the legitimate kavachemer. It wasn't legit. Why isn't it legit? It's compelling. It's a compelling argument, logically compelling. But because there's a mitzvah, you have to have a boy and a girl. He only had two boys. But Hashem, but he decided anyway and Hashem agreed with him. That's one thing. So, um, he destroyed the luch. He broke the luch. It's my daughter. What caused Moshe, what made him decide to break the luchas? I mean, you have something so holy, Hashem made the stone and he wrote the stone and you, from heaven and you're breaking it? I mean, it takes a lot of, uh, what made you decide to break it? So he said, Ahmad, he said, Ma Pesach, again, a logically compelling argument. If Pesach, there's only one of the 630 mitzvahs. Anyone who converts to Christianity or to, to a foreign religion is not allowed to, a Jew. Who's 100% Jewish, but he converted to another religion, is not allowed to. He's not allowed to eat from the carbon Pesach. So, so the entire entire Torah, we saw Mumrim, and the Jews are, are past days. They're worshiping the golden calf. They're denying the whole Torah. That they're not allowed to participate in, in the Torah, so he broke, he broke the tablets. Mm-hmm. It just says it's not a real Kabbal It's not really. Moshe did it on his own. It's not that, why isn't it a real Kavachayman? Because Pesach is different, because it's holy. But the whole Torah, because it's Kachim. So Kachim, you have to be qualified to eat from the sacrifice. You have to be qualified, you have to be pure, you, have to, you can't just eat from a sacrifice. So if you're, if you're, if you converted to Christianity, you can't, you can't, to another religion, you can't eat. But here, the whole Torah, on the contrary, if they deny the whole Torah, it's a reason to bring them to do Tshuva. Open a Chabad house. Don't, 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 don't break the don't break the title. <laughs> Bring them back in Shuvah. Let's just ask this question. The question I was asking, Tesis says, Tesis asked, why? What do you mean he did it on his own? Maybe Hashem told him. Where do you get that he did it on his own? So he says, if Hashem would have told him explicitly, if it wasn't Moshe's idea, Miriam would never be angry at him and Aaron. Why would he be angry? No, Moshe would be as shocked. It would be like a novelty. Wow! I, of course, I have to be with Tzipur. I wouldn't even think otherwise because it's a it's a deficient kavuchaymer. I didn't do the mitzvah yet. But but Hashem told me surprisingly. Hashem says, you "Separate from your wife." He would have shared it with them. They would have known. They wouldn't have been angry. It's, it's, it's. But it was Moshe's idea, and Hashem just agreed with Moshe. So that's why they were so angry. They said, if you didn't come up with this idea, Hashem would never have commanded you. It was your idea, and Hashem, Hashem said, okay, you want, to, you want to separate, separate. But you're to blame. Don't blame it on Hashem. See, it's your, you, instig- you instigated it. You initiated this whole project of separation. And what happened? Because the moment Hashem said, separate from your wife, before the Matan Torah, Moshe must have 
made a separate tent for her, must have uh, separate bedrooms. The Jewish people didn't do anything like that for, for three days. They were separate, and that's it, and then they went back. But Moshe immediately decided, okay, that's it. Our marriage is over, basically. We're separating. We're going to be celibate. I mean, we're still married, but we're going to be celibate for the, the rest of our lives. And he put her in a different tent. Maybe at a On two his own. We were angry. Or maybe, maybe he divorced her even. That's where they were angry. So Tesu says, if that's the case, why did they wait 40 years later? Why did they wait 40 years? They should have been angry at him right away. Chatzedes, it was a long time later. This was in Chatzedes, when, when Moshe, Hashem told Moshe to appoint the 70 elders. So, so Miriam said, wow. These are special. They're, 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 they were chosen for such a such a position. Hashem is going to reveal Himself to them. They're going to have a ruach hakodesh, the holy prophecy. Tzipaita says, "Whoa, whoa to them." Tzipaita said, "No, no, 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 no." That was giving it later. This was later. So Tzipaita said, "Whoa, whoa to their wife, because look at me. Since Hashem spoke to Moshe, since became a prophet, he separated from me. So they weren't aware of it. That's when they became aware of it, and that's when they get angry." But the question is, why do you get angry if Hashem agreed with them? Because they said, Hashem leads you in the path you want to go. It was your idea. You wanted it, so Hashem agreed with you. But you took the, you initiated and therefore they were upset. Okay. So Moshe made a kavachim and he broke the luchas. He says here, a and that's when Moshe on his own decided to break the luchas. How do we know that Hashem agreed with him? It says, Asher Shibarta. It says, it says uh, that carve out two new stones like the first stones and I'll write on the, uh, just like I wrote on the first stones that you broke so Asher Shibarta Asher Shibarta means Hashem told Moshe thank you for breaking the Luchas he says Asher is Ishur like Hashem affirmed it and Hashem told him to put the broken pieces in the ark if it was something negative, Hashem would not tell him to preserve and keep it in the ark. It means Hashem agreed with him and approved of it. Also, Hashem is not angry. Hashem didn't say, oh, how dare you broke the luchas. Hashem just said, you know, the luchas that you broke. He caused the Jews to be completely broken and shattered. It caused them to the truva. When they saw that, their heart was broken into a thousand pieces. So he elevated the Jews to the level of Balchuba. And when the heart is broken, the second luchas contained much more than the first luchas. So they were open. The heart is broken. They were open to receive the infinity of the Torah, the infinite aspect of the Torah. Here, they were perfect. When you're perfect, you're also limited. The thing is, Moshe added a day. Shem told him to prepare for the Torah. To prepare two days, Moshe added a third. My daughter. What did Moshe expound? So if it says, You should sanctify yourself today and tomorrow. So he said, Today has to be like Mocher, like tomorrow. Just like tomorrow is a 24-hour day. Tomorrow you have the night and the day. So today also, You also have to have a full day, but it's too late. Hashem spoke to him already. It was daytime already. Already is gone. So Moshe understood from this, Hashem means 
two days besides today. So think with today, that's three days. And Hashem agreed with him. How do we know Hashem agreed with him? Because the Matan Torah didn't happen until Shabbos, the third day. Him on Wednesday to separate. And they separated Wednesday, the day, Thursday, Wednesday night and Thursday, Thursday night and Friday. It means the third day, the third day of the complete days. Thursday was a complete day, Friday was a complete day, and the third day, and Shabbos, during the day, in the morning, that's when Hashem gave the Torah. He doesn't count with Wednesday. Wednesday doesn't count because it didn't have the night. But the third day, you had already Friday night, and then Shabbos in the morning, Hashem gave the Torah. Ask, what, what do you say Moshe did it on his own? It sounds like a, a logically compelling argument. She says, no. Today means today. Who says today means like the, a, day, a night and a day? The literal meaning, Hashem told him today and tomorrow. But Moshe on his own expounded and decided that it's a day, a day and night. Why was Moshe so interested in, in adding another day? Because he was worried that the semen is still viable for three days. So if, if a woman will discharge a semen from her relationships before the separation, so if, they're gonna, if the, the title will be given on Friday, then if, and she had relationships Tuesday night, so the semen is still viable, will, will contaminate her, so she won't be able to receive the Torah. Every Jew had to be present by the giving of the Torah. Not a single Jew could be left out. So that's why he added, he wanted to add a date to make sure by the time Shabbos comes around and, doesn't, and the last relationship was a Tuesday night, there's nothing to worry about. He already passed 72 hours of, uh, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. So Shabbos morning, it's already, even if there's any emission afterwards, any, any leakage afterwards, whatever, it's discharged, it's no longer viable, it will not contaminate it. So wait, there wasn't a qualify them. Torah you can receive even in a state of impurity. It's only... Uh-huh. Relationship with the husband, semen. Yeah, right. For sure. That yeah. that that's the problem. Right, okay. That's the problem. That you can't receive the Torah. That's why Ezra made the enactment that you're not allowed to study Torah. Wow. If you have yeah. relations with your wife, you have to go to the mikvah, because just like the giving of the Torah, that's only from intercourse, not not on the other pure impurity. To say that no woman menstruated. I mean, that, that, that's yeah. uh, we learned the Brayis. Ram Nason name. Ram Nason says Bishamayim and Shnei Shcharim and Shnei Nekevus. Bishamay holds that the mitzvah to have children, you have to have two males and two females, according to Bishamay. One male, one female is enough. What's the reasoning of Ramnos and according to Bishamai? Why do you have to have two boys and two girls? If it says, It says that Adam, that Adam was intimate with Chava and she conceived and bore, she conceived his brother as as Kayin. Es Achiv, his brother, Es Hevel. It says she conceived as Kayan, and then she says, she added, also giving birth to his brother, Es Hevel. So the title says Es. Es Achiv, Es Hevel. With each one, 
with each one there was a there was a twin sister with Hevel they also had a girl and with Cain they had a girl Oksivit says Kishosli Elikim Zera Acher Tachas Hevel Kedoga Cain that when when Adam then had relations with Chava and then he gave birth to Shais so he says why was he called Shais because Hashem gave me another child to replace Hevel that was murdered by Cain so he needed a replacement so we, so we see from here that the mitzvah, Adam fulfilled the mitzvah. What was the mitzvah? To have two boys and two girls. So he had Cain and Hevel, and he had the two twin sisters, and he had the twins, and he had the sisters. Each one came with a twin sister. And when Cain murdered Hevel, he had to replace him to fulfill the mitzvah, so he replaced him with Shaykh. But Abbanan, the rabbis who disagree, say, she was, she was expressing her gratitude for having another child after she lost one. She was, it wasn't like a mitzvah you're obligated. It wasn't an obligation. And the fact that he had a boy and a girl, again, there was no choice. Like I said earlier, to continue the world, if you only had two boys, how is the world going to continue? So he had no choice. He had to come with the sister. Right. One is enough, either a boy or a girl. According to this version, what's the reasoning of Isilil? It says, Hashem did not create the world to be empty. Those who are trying to depopulate the world. The whole purpose of the world is Hashem wants it to be inhabited. L'shevus Yitzhak. Vavil L'shevus. As long as you have one child, you're settling the world. It's not empty. All it takes is one child to make sure it's not empty. What if a person had children before he converted? Vinizgaya, then he converts. He fulfilled the mitzvah of having children. Even though his children are goyim. did not fulfill the mitzvah of says, well, wait a minute. How, doesn't this contradict the rule that we have a, a convert is like a newborn child? He's like a, becomes a new entity, so much so that technically, biblically, he's allowed to even marry his mother and his sister because there's no relations. He's like literally... When you go out of the mikveh, when you convert, halachically, it's not an orthodox conversion. It's a divine conversion. It's a godly conversion. Something divine, godly, and magical happens. You become a new person. Like, like your DNA has changed. You become transfused with the family, the organic family of the Jewish people, and the, the nation of Israel. So, but nevertheless, since the children, when you were goy, there is a marriage, and there are children that inherit you, and there's a relationship, a connection. So you did the mitzvah, you had children. The mother says, Rabbi Eichnen, Rabbi Eichnen says, Ki impiribiribi fulfills the mitzvah d'avali, he had children. He doesn't fulfill the mitzvah, the Gershon is guy, he's like a newly born person, he's like, so he's like a new, new person. So anything that happened before doesn't count. Rabbi Eichnen says, wait a minute, it's not so simple. Are you going to say if a guy murders someone? And then he converts. So that's it? <laughs> he can't punish him <laughs> because he's a new person? Come on, that's, that's ridiculous. That's foolish. 
What do you mean? A guy can kill and a Jew can kill, and if you kill, even though if you convert, you're the same person you killed him, and you have to, you're gonna have to pay the consequences. So too, you had children. You could have children as a guy, and you had children. And you did the mitzvah. That's Rabbi Yechonin's opinion. The argument amongst the Kamed, amongst the Rishenim, whether Rabbi Yechonin means only if the if the children that you had as a guy, they themselves converted, but if they remain goyim, even Rabbi Yechonin would say you didn't fulfill the mitzvah. It's only if you have two Jews. So if you had two Jews and you converted and they converted, okay, the mitzvah. Others say no, it doesn't matter. Even if, even if they don't convert, he does the mitzvah. Yeah, Goyim are not obligated in Piri but they don't have the mitzvah of having children. But there's a general thing, this, this general theme that the world was not created to be empty and you should, you, should, you should have to settle this world, that's, you know, they're not obligated, but there is a, that theme does apply to them also. And if there are children, the children are called after them, they, they have relationships, the children inherit them, they, they have family. So there is a concept of a guy, there's a family, there's children, there's a father. consistent with their reasoning. We learn, the person had children when he was a guy, and then he converts. He no longer can have a firstborn. There's no, the law of a firstborn no longer applies to him. The firstborn, you go after the father. The person can have many wives. Each wife... It, it doesn't matter. It's his firstborn. That's all that matters. It's, it doesn't matter. It's their firstborn. It's his firstborn that, that gets double portion. So once he had children ready as a guy, and then he converts and he has children, the first child is not his firstborn. He already had a child. That's Abiyachim's opinion. Because the child that was born before his conversion, that was his initial vigor. It's his first, his first uh, child. He already had it. Why? It doesn't matter what happened before. He's like a new, a newly born person. He's a new individual. As if, so this child, as if it's his first child, as if he's having a child for the first time. Why do I need, why do I need Rabbi Yechon and to argue in both of these cases? They're the same reasoning. You can just tell me one and I'll already understand the other case. Whether the case, if there's such a status of a firstborn after you converted, if you had children before. And in our case, whether you still have the mitzvah, you already fulfilled the mitzvah. It's the same logic. No, he has to teach me, they have to tell me their opinion in both cases. I wouldn't know one from the other. In the case, in the first case, whether you do the you fulfill the mitzvah, procreating, I would say, even if they're not obligated to have children, but they can have families, and the Torah counts the children as, uh, as, as the children of their father, they inherit, they have the whole structure of a family, so therefore they already fulfill the mitzvah. Regarding inheritance, Idolaters don't have the laws of Jewish inheritance. There's no such concept by, uh, by, by non-Jews that the firstborn gets double portion. So since it's uniquely Jewish, I would say what happened before doesn't count. Now that he's a convert, the first child has all the status of a firstborn. Maybe Rabbi Yechner would agree with Rishlakas in this case. If he would tell me the second case of the firstborn, so why don't you say how much more so in the case of, the, of, of procreation? I would say yes. 
for Rabbi Eichnon. But Reish Lakish, I would say, only in this case, Reish Lakish argues with Rabbi Eichnon. And he says that there is a firstborn, like we said. Because since the concept of a firstborn, the status of a firstborn was treated specially as unique to the Jewish people, therefore Reish Lakish holds that, the, that there is a firstborn after he converts, even though he already had children. But in the case in the case of a procreation, I would say even Reish Lakish would agree with Rabbi Eichanan that since they, 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 they have a family and they have a family structure and there's a father and the children and it's halachically accepted, you know, the child, the goyish child inherits his goyish father. So even Ishlakish would agree that he already fulfilled the mitzvah of That's why he has to teach me tzricha, he has to teach me the argument in both of these cases. You might have said, we learn in the Baraiz. No, we learn, we learn. He asked him for, from a pasuk. It says in the in Book of Kings, in the Tanakh, he shalach b'reidach baladon ben baladon melabav. B'reidach baladon was the son of baladon, the king of Babylonia. He sent letters and gift to Chizkiah. So here we see that a guy is called the son of another guy. The Torah recognizes the son, the son, and his father. That it's a family. Why does he have to bring a Pasuk from, from the Book of Kings? The times of Chizkiah. It's in the Torah. Light. Son of ha- the son of Haran. Embrages. <laughs> Light is the son of Haran. So you see, a guy and a guy. Why does he have to bring a pasuk from Malachim? Modern Sanhedrin says that Beroidach Beroidach was the son of Baladon. Why did he call himself Beroidach Baladon? Because his father Baladon was the king. But then he got a deformity. His face was deformed. So he abdicated the throne and he gave it over to his son. But his son showed respect to the father, so he adopted the name of his father, like, like saying to everyone that I am just continuing, I'm, just, I'm in the shoes of my father, I'm just standing in his shoes. It's really his kingdom. That's why he adopted the name Bereda and Baladan. So he showed respect to his father. He paid respect. In the Torah, you can say, when the Torah says, so so the name Balak ben Tzipur, the son of Tzipur, or, or, or Lloyd ben Haran. The is just identifying, we should know who he is. It's not telling us anything. But here the Torah is telling us that this was a real son-father relationship. He showed respect, he honored his father. So the Torah is emphasizing that Tanakh is coming to teach us that it's a real relationship, it's a real father-son relationship. Right, so Rishlokish answered, right. As long as there were Goyim, of course I agree with you that Goyim have Chayas, there's offspring, there's a relationship, there's a family structure, there's a genealogy. But Nizgairu, once he becomes a gay, he's a new person, they're all strangers to him. He can even marry his mother, biblically, his sister, there's no relationship, he's a new human being. What do you know the best? His DNA is completely changed. So, this, so what do you bring me a proof? Everyone agrees that a Canaanite slave has no genealogical ties. It says, when Avram went to the Akeda, he said, you, stay, you say, stay with the donkey while I and, I and Yitzchak go up to the mountain, to Adam Maria. So he says, He says, a nation that's similar to the donkey because they were, they were slaves. 
Eliezer was with him. So he's told Eliezer, you stay. He, so he's, he compares him to a donkey, just like donkeys, just like a behema, a donkey, a behema. There's no real family relationship between the the, the mother, the father, and the, and the child. There's no, it's not familial that type of relationship. There's no family, you know. So too, a Canaanite slave. There's no family structure. There's no, 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 no proof that 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 even goyim have genealogy. So you, so you must say. He can't say he's talking about Eli, uh, Ishmael. This only refers to this aspect of Amad Daimel is only referring to is only referring to Yishmael. How do you know it doesn't refer to Pesach? I mean, it's only referring to Because we, we just brought up Pesach, a Pasuk that Goyim do have genealogy. Uh, and even Ishlakish agrees. No one argues. Right. So you can't say Amad Daimel HaChamer and Yishmael. But the mother... But the mother she was a princess. She wasn't a slave. But she wasn't a Jewish. He freed her. He took her as a wife. She started out, you're right, very good, very sharp. She started out as a, as a Canaanite uh, maid. She said, I would rather be a Canaanite uh, maid, a Canaanite maid in Avram's tent than be the princess, the daughter of, of, of the king. Right, a pirate. But, but at the end, he took her as a wife. He didn't take her as a maid, he took her as a full-fledged wife. Some say that Avram looked up, what did he see? He saw, he saw Hashem hovering over the mountains. So he says, okay, this must be the spot. Right. But he saw, and Yitzchak saw. Right. Yishmael, and they, they didn't no, see they anything. Didn't see they anything. don't see anything spiritual. That's just Amad Daimel Achamer. Chaimer, comes from Chaimer. You're materialistic people. You're so coarse and crass. You don't see anything beyond the tip of your nose. You don't see Hashem's presence. We don't see anything. Okay, you this stay here. This wasn't Bilam's donkey, right? your question we learned the house of Shoal had a Canaanite slave called Siva and Siva had 15 sons and 20 slaves so we see he does have children they, 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 the, the, the Torah relates them to him he's the father and there's children just like we say an ox was cattle, the son of cattle, a young bull, the son of a mature bull. That's what the Torah means, a son. <laughs> in the same sense, in the same, in the same idea, not like a son that is a family and there's a, gene- a genealogy. <laughs> if that's the case, what are you bringing me a proof from, from Bereidach ben Beladon? Hasam Nami. Why don't you say a ben means the same way, like he talks about ben, it's like uh, he uses it euphemistically, he uses it just as a ben, in the animal, so to be over there also, maybe it just means Ben. What are you bringing me a proof that, that there is genealogy by Goyim? Mar says, no, shiny hasam, there is different. He names names. He, the father and the son is called in the same name as his father. Here he doesn't say, he doesn't say, he just says names. He doesn't name them, he just says 15 sons. So just like you call a, an animal, you say Ben Bakr. The young, the young, the young bull from the son of the older bull. So too over here, he calls them sons, but not that they really have genealogy. Iboy say if you want, I'll answer you. Elsewhere, we find a lineage of non-Jews identifying the father and his father's father. The Sivit says, King Asa sent them to Ben Hadad. The son, Ben Tevarman, the son of Tevarman, Ben Chazian, the son of Chazian, who was the king of Adam, Melch Adam, Yeshua, So if he's saying, going back three generations, we don't find anywhere by the animal, 
<laughs> he's the son of the older bull, who's the son of the grandfather bull. There's no grandfather, there's no father, there's no son, there's no genealogy by animals. So when he says also by tiva, all he says is sons, that, that's the same as animals. But in the case of a goyim, there, there's, there's genealogy, there's family, there's a father, there's a grandfather, there's a lineage, there's a whole... Uh, we learn what if a person had children and they died in his lifetime but Abuna says he already did the mitzvah they died in his lifetime He's, the mitzvah is done no he has to have children who will replace him they have to remain alive even after he dies Mashiach can come until every soul is re- is removed from a heavenly place called Guf. That's where all the souls reside. That's a chamber in heaven where all the souls reside. So we have to empty out that chamber before Mashiach to come. So you did your part. This child is born, he died, it doesn't matter. You already removed him from the chamber of Guf. You brought him into this world. Now Mashiach can come. I've done my, I've done my job. The spirit of redemption before me shall be, shall be laid born. And the souls I made, people would have more children, would draw down all these souls, then Mashiach can come. But Rabbi Yechonah says, no, he didn't fulfill the mitzvah, because the purpose, the goal is to leave this world settled, populated. You have to leave those who are going to praise Hashem, who are going to recognize Hashem. So you have to have survivors who outlive you. Baleka and their God. Mar says, Mace, I'll ask you a question. We learned in Brais. We continue in side B. 62 B. That the grandchildren are like children. Meaning that if this, if the, your children die, as long as they leave, they leave children, then you fulfill the mitzvah. So clearly the support Rabbi, Rabbi Eichanan, not like Rav Huna. You have to have a replacement. It doesn't have to be your child as long as they, they had a child. The Gemara answers, Rabbi Huna will tell you, that the Bryce is talking about if a person only had one child and that child married. And he had a daughter, so then the grandfather fulfilled his mitzvah because he left behind a son, a, a, a son, a, a male and a female, a son and a granddaughter, and with that he fulfills the mitzvah. But if in the beginning he was, he had a boy and a girl, and they died, it doesn't matter. He already fulfilled the mitzvah. They were talking about he never fulfilled the mitzvah. He only had one son. He didn't have a daughter. So if he had the, the, the grandchildren, also count. So if that son has a daughter, you fulfill the mitzvah. That's what Ravuna will interpret. By a servant, everyone agrees that if you had a servant and you freed him, so uh, everyone would agree that uh, he didn't fulfill the mitzvah. You know, he had children as a servant, as a slave. He has to do the mitzvah. He has to do the mitzvah again. Even Rabbi Yechner would agree. Okay, but here Ravuna says... That's what the Braisa means. That you can have a boy and a girl. It doesn't have to be your child. It could be your grandchild. If your son has a girl, then you fulfill the mitzvah. But if you have you yourself have a boy and a girl, and that they die, you've already done the mitzvah. The Braisa spelled it out clearly. That what he means, children are like grandchildren, are like children. He means that you had a boy and a girl. 
and they died, it doesn't matter as long as they left children behind. But if they didn't leave children behind, then or it turns out that they, they can't have children, then you didn't fulfill the mitzvah. In other words, according to Rabbi, according to Halacha, according to um, Rabbi Yechanan, the mitzvah is you have to settle this world. The only way you fulfill this mitzvah is they have to outlive you, and they have to be capable of having children. If you brought children into the world who are not capable of having children, they're sterile. You, you didn't fulfill the mitzvah. You defeated the whole purpose of the mitzvah. You have to have children who can populate this world, who can continue to populate this world, and continue mankind. Not like today where they're trying to depopulate and trying to destroy the family, etc. Okay. Grandchildren like children. Abaya thought he means that the son has to have a son, so leave behind the son. And the, and the daughter has to have a daughter. Then, even if they die, it doesn't matter. The son continues through his son, and the daughter continues through his daughter. But Kolshkin, how much more so? How much more so if this daughter had a son? But if the son had a daughter, no. What do you care? Taylor says he should settle the world. So as long as he settled the world, what do I care if the son leaves behind the daughter or the daughter left behind the son? As long as each child left another child behind, it doesn't matter if it crosses. The son leaves a daughter and the daughter leaves a son. But everyone agrees if, if, if you have a son and a daughter and the daughter dies childless and the son leaves behind two children, a son and a daughter, Loy, you don't fulfill your obligation. Loy, not. His reasoning is that that if you had a boy and a girl, okay, and the boy and the girl die, but your son leaves behind a son, and your daughter leaves behind. A daughter, but even if his daughter leaves behind a, a son, so you're left with two sons. If you have two boys, you don't fulfill the mitzvah. But if you have leave behind two grandsons, you do fulfill the mitzvah. Why? Because the grandson came from your daughter. Your daughter fulfilled her purpose. The purpose is why do you have to have a boy and a girl? So you have to be able to procreate. Just like in the beginning of creation. So your daughter fulfilled her purpose. She she left a son behind. So it doesn't matter he's a son. So you already fulfilled the purpose of having a daughter. So even though at the end of the day you're only left with two grandsons, your son and daughter died and you're left with two grandsons, I fulfilled my mitzvah. But a son that leaves a daughter, that you don't fulfill the mitzvah. Because you have to have a male. So if you're left with two, with two, with two, with two daughters, you, you know, with, with two granddaughters, you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah. You have, you have to have a male. But everyone agrees that if you only had from one, if you had a boy and a girl, and one of them had a boy and a girl, so you do have a grandson and a granddaughter, but only from one child, and, and they die, you don't fulfill the obligation. Why? The rabbi said to Rav Sheshit, go get married, and have sons. He says, no, I already did my mitzvah. My daughter, I only had one daughter, I only had one child, a daughter, but she gave birth. She gave birth. 
to son. So therefore, I fulfilled my obligation through her. So you see that even if one child gives you two children, you fulfill your obligation. The answer is, is pushing, pushing them off. Rav Sheshes became sterile. Because of Rav Hunda's lecture, he couldn't have children. So he was just used to lecture. His, le- his lectures were very lengthy. Like today's shir. Sheshes had to go to the bathroom. You're not going to leave in the middle of Rav Hunda's speaking. You're going to leave. So he kept it in. And therefore he became sterile. It's not healthy to keep you, keep you in. If you have to go to the bathroom. So he became sterile. Here, that even if you marry, even if you have children, you have to be married. You shouldn't be single. So Sheshes couldn't have children. But why? Why didn't he get married? Why was he pushing them off? So either because because he became sterile, he lost his whole sexual appetite, or because he was so devoted to Torah that he didn't he didn't have to, he wasn't looking to get married. Where do we know this? That grandchildren are considered like children. If you're your daughters are my daughters, your sons are my sons, and others, my grandchildren are considered like my own. If that's the case, when he says, he says, and your flock is my flock, are you also going to say that means they're considered his own? Meaning, Lavan was telling Yaakov the flock that comes from the flock that you acquired from me. He means doesn't mean your your sheep is mine. It means it came from from the sheep that 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 you that I gave you. Your children come from my daughters. But it doesn't mean that your children, your children, your, your my grandchildren are mine. Ella rather me hocha from here. Ah, Kabachetzin, my tail of Leish Go. Said in the book of Kabachetzin came up, Basmach, the daughter of Machir, Abigila, the father of Gil, Tail of Leish Go. And he married, and, and she gave birth to this Go. And it says, from Machir descended the lawgivers. Machir was from Menashe. And Chetzin was the father. Chetzin married Machir's daughter. If it says Yehuda Mechaykeki, Yehuda is my lawgiver. Lawgivers come from Machir, who's from the tribe of Menashe. So we have to say he's referring to Chetzre. It was Chetzre and was from Yehuda. Chetzre married the daughter of Machir from Menashe, and 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 the, when he says the children of Machir. Meaning his grandchildren, his grandchildren who are from Yehuda. So we see that they refer the father, the grandfather is connected. It's, it's, it's called after the grandfather. That so we see that grandchildren are considered like your own children. But the Gemara must listen like Rabbi Yeshua, our Mishnah that says that you're not allowed to abstain until you fulfill the mitzvah. To procreate, to have children. It's not like, it's not like every Shur. Tanulim, the Brahis of Shur, Mishur says, Nosa, the Mishur, be Aldusi, Yishur, was a Knusse. But the mission applies if you already fulfilled the mitzvah, you don't have to, you're allowed to abstain. So it's, so it's not like every Shur. Every Shur says that even if a person married when he's young, Yishur, was a Knusse, even when he's older and he lost his wife, he should also he should remarry. If he had children when they were young, he continued to have children even in your old age. When you're young in the morning, you should uh, you should uh, sow your seed. But even in the evening, don't stop. 
You don't know which child you can have more nachas from, which child which will be better. The children from your youth or the children from your older age, or maybe they'll both be good. So you should not stop having children. You're not allowed to abstain, even if you're ready to fulfill the mitzvah. Kiva Eim, Rabbi Kiva interprets the verse differently. If you learn Torah when you were young, you should continue learning Torah even in your old age. Kiva, of course, is not telling us you have to learn Torah. You have to learn Torah all of your life. He's saying that if there was an issue that you examined when you were young and then it comes up again in your old age, don't rely on what you learned. Examine it again. As if you're learning it for the first time. You never know which examination is going to be, is going to be more correct. You had students when you were young. Don't stop. Continue to, to develop students and to teach. And This is the time of Svidus This is so relevant. Abakiva had 12,000 peers of disciples, 24,000 students. Migvas ad Antipras from Gvas till Antipras to Kulamesa Pedagach and they all died in one period. They didn't respect each other. The world was left barren without Taydash. Whatever Kiva is, Rabbi Sainish Badan, Mishan Alam Tiru Kiva came to the rabbis in the south and taught him Taydash. Even though he was already older, he was already, and he started over again. And who did he find? Rabmeir, the five students. Rabmeir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabmeir Balanes, this Sunday, right? This is Rameir uh, Balanas and Pesach Sheni, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Meichoy. A week from Sunday. Next Sunday. Yeah, next Sunday, next Sunday. Uh, Pesach Sheni. Yeah. I mean, Rabbi Shimon Meichoy, who passed away in Lag Boimer. Pesach Sheni. They upheld the Torah at that time. The pastor soon said, Rabbi Kivu taught to love your fellow Jew like yourself is such a great rule in the Torah. We just read in this week's parasha. His students didn't treat each other with respect. But Rabbi Kiva, because they felt, each one interpreted Rabbi Kiva differently, and they felt because they cared for each other, it was important for them to make sure that the other person knows that he's right and they're wrong. <laughs> it was love. Tana, we learn, Kula, Mesum, Pesach, all the peers, 12,000 peers, 24,000, died between this time period. From Pesach, etc. Omer. Omer, yeah. Some say uh, 15 days before Shavuos. What's the ugly death? Whoever is without a wife is without happiness, lives without happiness, without blessing, without goodness, without joy. It says in the Torah, you should rejoice, you and your household. So simcha is only when you have a household. It says to bring a blessing, to rest upon your home, to bring a blessing to your home. So blessing is only when you have a home, when you have a family, when you have a wife. Hashem says it's not good for a person. So there's no goodness unless you're not alone, you have a wife. Amri in the West, in Israel, they said, An unmarried man lives without Torah, without a protective wall. As in Job, is my helpmate not with me? Is wisdom to be thrust aside from me? In other words, without a helpmate, without my wife, I don't have wisdom. I don't have Torah. Without a wall, the sieve, it says, in the cave to save of Gavah. She protects him. The woman surrounds the man and protects him. That's one of the reasons to go around the chuppah. This is context.
Because the wife protects him from having lewd thoughts, so, so she's a wall that protects him. Anyone who knows that his wife is a God-fearing woman, and he doesn't, he's not intimate with her, he's a sinner. You will know your tent is whole, you have to visit your home, you have to keep her happy, make her happy. Before you leave, you travel, you have to be intimate with your wife. You will know that your tent is at peace and you will visit your home. You learn it from here, Muslim, you learn it from a different place. It says, Hashem said to Chava that you will crave to be with your husband. When does a woman really want her husband? When he's about to leave, about to se- separate, he's going to be gone for a while. So, th- so you're going to want, so per- it's a mitzvah. He wants to be with her husband, you have a mitzvah. We need, we need that to teach him. He's talking about if it's, if it's close to the, when she's expecting a period. Even though when it's close to the period, the person should really separate from his wife because he's expecting a period at any moment. But when he's leaving on a journey, then he's allowed, he's obligated to be with his wife. The kama, how much time is regarded close? One time period, 12, expecting that time. So, that, so during that 12-hour period, during the day, she usually you have to separate. If it's, if it's during the night time, then he would have to separate during the entire night. But if he's going on a trip, then he has special permission to be intimate with her. Amongst the Shane, whether it's biblical, that you have to separate, you're expecting during the day, the whole day period, the 12 hour, you have to separate and during the night, the whole night. If it's biblical, how could the rabbis permit him just because he's going on a trip? So they say being close to her doesn't mean having sexual intercourse with her. It means hug her, be, can be with her physically, talk to her. But not, not physical. Others say, no, it's only rabbinic. There's no biblical prohibition. Therefore, the rabbis waived, waived the prohibition, and you're allowed to. This is only if a husband is, is going on a trip for a business trip or for... But if he's going on a trip to do a mitzvah, he doesn't have to be intimate with her because he's busy, his head is engaged. The rabbis learn someone who loves his wife like he loves himself, and who honors her more than he honors himself, and who guides his sons and daughters in the straight path, and he makes sure to marry them when they're young, close to the age of puberty. He will know that your tent is at peace. Someone who loves his neighbors, one who draws his relatives close, one who marries his sister's daughter, his niece. Someone who lends a poor person money in his time of need. When you will call Hashem, will respond, you will cry, Hashem will say, Here I am. Have a wonderful day.